Kia ora, I'm Jen. And I'm Sophie. Welcome to A TARDIS OF ONE'S OWN. A queer feminist journey through time and space and new who. Good evening. How are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. Yeah, enjoying this nice peppermint tea in your home. Thank you. I bribed my way, way in with onions, as, yeah. is, as is the way. You must bring <laughs> the, some the way <laughs> of some sort. Yeah. Food, preferably. Um, yeah, no, I'm good. I, I think today it really has hit me crushingly that you're about to disappear for a Aww. month. <laughs> Jen is leaving for a month. I mean, hopefully coming back, but you never know. I was regaling my housemate with tales from the office, as I do yeah. every day. And she's like, how is Sophie going to cope without you? <laughs> it's a great fucking question. It's a great fucking question. So up to this point, it's been denial. Yeah. And that's future Sophie's problem. It's really far away. However, this year has then snuck up upon me. Yeah, it does that. <laughs> and it's the middle of June. Somehow. I too am shocked by that. <laughs> Just for the record. I am also perplexed. Um. Yeah, but I, again, was really like mulling this when I got home at, to my house from work and was like oh fuck or maybe I could just get a lot of work done like I said to you when you're not here <laughs> then I was like oh no I can't do that too bad because our bosses would be like Sophie done a lot of work is it because Jen's not here and then they'll like they'll realize no exactly or they'll be like oh you seem to do more are you talking too much like I'm a fucking child so no. I have to do slightly more to keep me busy but not enough to be noticed oh I think you just do you do all the work like you just be very busy but you hide it you you know you don't oh, tell I, people and then I like drip feed out. yeah 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 drip feed it to them and be like oh that'll take a couple of days it's already done and then yeah. after a couple of days be like finished yeah exactly it's like how sometimes when I do something and I wait until like after hours to email it to someone no, so I 100% serious. do that. Especially when it's some bullshit fucking request yeah. that I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this. So I kind of, I'm like, that will take me a while because I want them to realise that that's bullshit and you're dragging me away from something else you should be doing. And realistically, it takes maybe 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do it and then I'll wait a couple of hours until I email it and be like, all done. And then they're like, thanks. Yeah, I do that. Like, 100%. Yeah, don't ask me again. It's all psychological warfare. I know, I'm so glad you did this too because we've never talked about this. <laughs> and I'm like, this is me trying, I'm being a fucking asshole. Yeah, so I'm trying, it's the principle. <laughs> when I want people to appreciate how much work I do, I'll wait until like 10 o'clock at night and then I'll send an email. Oh my god, that's the next level. Yeah, I'm like, you guys... I'm doing stuff outside of hours. I need you to appreciate that I do a lot of work. A lesser person would take way longer to do my job than I do, which is why I fuck around so much. Uh, Not that I'm up myself, really. No, but I mean, it's true. So, like, call a spade a spade. So yeah, that's what I think you should do, just build a good backlog, because then when I come back, we can waste time and fuck around. Yeah, Yeah. because I have to catch up on a month of bullshit. (laughs) I expect daily sit reps on yeah, okay. what happened today. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, who I've alienated. And I feel like maybe we're each other's sanity. Mm. And I mean, that's fucking tenuous at times as well. So maybe even without you, it's all gonna, I can't do a fucking Tom Wom scans with all the desks. <laughs> that is my concern as well. When you're not there, I'm like, I need, I don't have a rage vent. So yeah, then my yeah, rage yeah. just goes out to yeah. the chair. Remember that like Cyclops' sunglasses accent? He come off and he looks at someone and it's like, <laughs> It's like that time we were all working from home, and remember that's when I got in trouble. What? Oh yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you weren't there to rant at, so I ranted at the team, and, and then... we were all on called into that call. I know I got in trouble too. I got talked to after that as well it's because we were not there to read the vibe. <laughs> yeah, so we're trying to read the vibe of a front Zoom, <laughs> and then we all got talking to of like, well, you know, wasn't the most appropriate way to deliver that, Sophie. I know you've had feedback for being too direct. <laughs> I'm like, fuck off. People have been stupid. Anywho, oh, maybe cut a lot of that out, right? <laughs> no, I, I like... love that. <laughs> cool. Um, so 
I think other I'll do on timeline. Is that really yeah, yeah, that's today? great. I yeah. feel like that's caught us up. So yeah. let's talk about this episode. So we're watching episode ten, Blink. So this is a Who Light episode, and in it we have Sally Sparrow receiving a cryptic message from a mysterious new enemy species that is after the TARDIS. Do, do, do. Bechtel. Yes. Yeah. Overwhelmingly, mainly because the Doctor's not in it. <laughs> so then, even though they do try to talk about him a lot. Yeah. It's not like 95% of dialogue is about the Doctor like normal. Yeah. We, this is probably one of the best Who Likes. I liked it. Day. Just yeah. straight headline, enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Same. And I mean, Carrie Mulligan. Oh my God, she's Carrie awesome. Mulligan. She's fucking awesome. She's like, I mean, she's one of my standouts, so I'm just going to say yeah. it now. She's brilliant. Yeah. Though it's weird when it, she's not, like I think with Garfi in his app, like it's weird when they're not themselves. Yeah. You can't not look at them and then be like, all the stuff they've done since then, proper serious acting, lol. Not that Doctor Who's not serious, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And she's so young. Yeah, baby. baby. And like hair too. Her hair is like late 2000s. No, mm. no late noughties, like trying to be mainstream appealing. Like I feel like she's been more interesting with her hair since then. And she's and been... she, like cut it off. Now that you've mentioned that, she was in Never Let Me Go with Andrew Garfield. So, so Oh, whoa. They could be like, hey, you did Doctor Who. I did Doctor Who too. Cool. Well, we're English actors, so obviously we did Doctor Who. I mean, I did. And I was okay, so this is My first random observation is literally, this is a training ground for British actors. Because it is. No, yeah, 100% they've all done an episode of Midsummer Murders. Also, <laughs> Doctors. This was yeah. like something that, do you remember Doctors? It was like mm. a daytime, like lunchtime. Literally only students and the unemployed watched it. <laughs> it was like a middle of the day soap about doctors in England. Called it's doctors. interesting as it sounds, but like everyone who's anyone did at least an episode of Doctors being like, you know, if you were a teeny, you'd have an eating disorder or something. And it would <laughs> miraculously go away when someone, you know, had given you a talking to. Mm. Or at least a random tropical disease because you like went to Bali for a day yeah, and yeah, then you're yeah. like, you have the blah, 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 parasite. How did I diagnose this as a GP in Aldershot? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Anyway, so. <laughs> discussion. Uh, yeah, topic. discussion. So it was my turn. I was thinking like, obviously time plays a big factor in this mm. episode. Specifically time travel, that old chestnut. And so I was like, oh, there's lots going on with like the past here, kind of like the passage of time, like connection to the past. And I settled on, it might be a better way to phrase this, but basically the idea of having a debt to the past. Yeah. So like, to what do we owe our ancestors, mm. our forebears? Mm-hmm. And that could be in the widest sense possible, like people who you respect, who similar interests or literally actual ancestors. Yeah. In this episode, Sally Sparrow has to basically trust that her past self, which in her current timeline would be her future self, mm. is right, is correct, and is telling her information of a thing that she needs to do. Like, she has this evidence, like, that this has happened in the past. And it's like, actually, you know, I need to trust that they knew what was going to happen, so I've got to go with it. Yeah, and then, like, in a broader feminist queer sense, what do we owe to all the many people who've come before us in that those movements movements. yeah that's a great topic especially considering you know it's pride month in the u.s and the uk i believe and what the history of pride is pride was a protest started Mm -hmm. by trans activists more than anything really the stonewall riots all these things Mm -hmm. what do we owe the people who have forged the path that we can now walk and we talk about this a lot about how far we've come even in a short amount of time like even compared to you know when these episodes came out in the 2000s compared to where we are now and the the experience that teens have now compared to when we were teens in the early 2000s oh yeah fuck yeah and how different that is and 
it's interesting how different people approach honoring that kind of past because you get into this really ideological debate sometimes where people really get upset because people aren't using the right words or the right terms and then carry on but then older queer people will be like well that's not how we perceive that word and that doesn't bother us because our struggle was a different broader struggle so you getting upset by someone using the word queer for example is not really it's not really a fight worth having and then where do you draw the line and what is disrespectful and what isn't what is honoring what isn't I know and I think that it's this constant it's cumulative right so this concept of building on the shoulders of giants Mm. that we owe a debt you know in terms of the position we're in and like you describe absolutely like stuff now is better I would say in generally for most people the five years ago than it was 10 years ago definitely than it was 15 years ago when Mm. we were like you know 20 years ago when we were teenagers but yeah sometimes that means that you you know, especially kids today, like they've only grown up with it being how it is. Yeah. So they, yeah, it's it's cool that they would not understand those like early day. I definitely don't understand yeah. the early struggles of like the eighties and nineties, let alone sixties, seventies. Yeah, I know. Like, it's well before my time. And part of me is like, if I was doing that groundwork, I kind of was like, cool. Like it's a privilege to not have to worry about that stuff. Yeah. And so I think that's okay to just be like, well, I take this as given, and now maybe the big concerns are more terminology wise or yeah. whatever. The, yeah. The the babies care about now yeah and i think that's correct i think that is a good approach to have to it i think the problem starts when you start fighting inside the movement about Mm. things like that because that is not where your fight is that is not where your struggle is like i think everyone can agree that your enemy is externally like the problem is still patriarchal society that dictates the way that people live their lives so don't start getting into each other's hair about that person uses the wrong terminology you're all on the same side yeah that's super interesting and relevant and i think making a political comparison it's something a criticism that gets lobbed at the left a lot that we spend too much time caring about defining terms and making sure that everyone's feeling safe and like blah 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 you know good things that the left does yeah maybe bogged down whereas the right would just kind of steamroll over it steamroll over it and just be very principle focused yeah because they're assholes who don't care about feelings but yeah they get stuff done yeah and you can apply that to the feminist movement as well right like Mm. feminism has historically also been very divided and fighting and stuff through various different factions that evolve because they have different beliefs and different priorities you know Mm. white feminism is sometimes very simplistic compared to what people of color need feminism to be and so you have these natural splits that occur and have occurred throughout history but then you also get into the space now where we have this whole turf faction right yeah and then that's just i mean i say building the shoulders of giants but like that pisses me off because that's not cumulatively recognizing hey we left a lot of people of color out of the movement and so intersectional feminism came arose out of that Mm. to be like no we have to recognize that everybody is this intersection of all their separate parts but then the turfs are like ignoring all of that and just doing their own fucking splinter group the fact that they then take this whole martyr being attacked we're being oppressed yeah. we're the true women fighting speaking what is it speaking up for women yeah. it's like you don't fucking speak for me horrible and another interesting read on this is one that we've often discussed as well as like this debt the military debt mm. you know when like you know veterans day and Zach day that we had a couple of months ago this idea that you need to honor Thank people you for who, your service. Yeah, people yeah. who fought for your freedoms, right? Mm. And then it's disrespectful, especially here. Like, we spoke about this, how it can get quite fraught if people think you're disrespecting the Anzac Day. <laughs> yeah. And that's an interesting thing as well, because, like, if people died for your freedom, shouldn't you have the freedom to continue living your life? Well, yeah, absolutely. And I... um so in a similar sense with suffrage my one of my close friends at uni was quite vehement about when she would or wouldn't vote and then like obviously some other like 
friends, you know, people, mm. whoever, would make the point of like, oh, you know, like suffragettes died, and she was like, no, they died for me to have the choice. Yeah, yeah, and it all comes down to choice—the choice to be able to identify how you want to do what you want with your body, mm. to be whether you work, whether you vote, all these things. It's about yeah. having the choice, and that is what movements fight for. Sidebar point. Australia, it's compulsory to vote. Correct, yeah. yeah Which I was very anti originally because mm. I thought compulsory voting is anti-democratic mm. because you don't have a choice and you yeah. get fined if you don't vote. But seeing the turnout that you see in other countries, sometimes I think maybe compulsory voting is the way to go. The problem is, of course, that the politicians don't work for your vote because they know you have to go. Mm. And so often in Australia, you'll like just have to go vote when you've literally seen nothing or heard any policy and it's very negative kind yeah. of politics because they're just dragging each other down and no one has any bright ideas or trying to court your vote they're just trying to put you off someone else so when you get yeah. in there you think oh that name's bad name and maybe like i'm sure they do a lot to try and help this i don't know this is off the top of my head but you know if maybe you were in a situation where like it was hard for you to get out of the house or like you had childcare things fell through like people who have tough situations would then get penalised. You can postal vote. Yeah, perfect. The postal voting system is quite good. I used to do postal votes from here. Yeah, But I've removed myself from the role because I'm like, I don't engage. You don't have any skin in the game anymore. Same, I've not voted in England since I left, however many billions of years ago. (laughs) Because I'm like, I don't feel like I have a right to say. Like, Mm. I can still theoretically postal vote, but I don't live in it. Yeah, that's another interesting legacy, though, because we see this especially, I think, you know, with the Labour Party here. People will talk about the Labour Party's legacy and things like um, building houses, state Mm. houses, the welfare state, all these things. And England's the same, right? Mm -hmm. Like the Labour Party's responsible for a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And so you've got new Labour coming in and being a bit more neoliberal, being more focused on Mm -hmm. the economic side of things, because otherwise they'll never get voted in, right? So you see the shift away from this legacy that made the party what the party was supposed to be, which disillusions the people who want to vote for them, but they also don't want to vote for the right. And then you end up in this murky middle territory where no one is doing anything ever. And everyone's fucking appealing to the centre. Well, I mean, apart from more recently where, like, I think the right's getting a bit more right in a lot of countries, which is terrifying, but... Yeah, I mean, we're very lucky in New Zealand in mm. that even our right-wing parties actually would be left in a lot of countries. No, literally, I think this might be an urban legend, but I heard it attributed to Obama saying to John Key that if John Key were in America, he'd be a Democrat. Yeah, the, it's often said that the National Party here are just the Democrats in the States, but yeah. to us, they are like, Republicans. They are so far <laughs> in the right <laughs> But we are a very relaxed country. And I think, again, it's because we're a small country and that helps. When yeah. it comes to legacy, you know what one of my all-time favourite jokes is that <laughs> I tell my parents all the time? Yeah. Because my parents love going camping. And I they always ask me to go with them. And I always say no, because I'm like, my forefathers did not invent <laughs> plumbing for me to have to go rough it in the bush. It's disrespectful. And poo in a hole. <laughs> yeah. Um, that tweet I sent you the other day that was like, yeah, you know, if, like my ancestors could see me now, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you should have a midday nap. You've got a roof over your head. You've got a full stomach. You're warm. Yeah, girl, you have a nap. No one's trying to chase you and eat you. Yeah, yeah they want me to fucking lie down. They don't want me to hustle. 100%. Also, <laughs> hilarious thing, and this happens very often, listener, where <laughs> I've read a brilliant meme or tweet or something, and then I tell it to Jen, being like, Jen. And then Jen will be like, yeah, I sent you that. <laughs> I definitely last week was like, told you that. And then you were like, oh, yeah, no, I sent you that. I seem to do a lot of memes, to be fair. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's the sixth love language. I love mm. it. We might just, like, wrestle us back yeah. on track slightly. Another thought that I had that related to something else you've said to me recently, under the feminism movement, mm. is recognising that with time, that debt that we might owe 
kind of changes because what is important to us changes, right? Yeah. Like, so you were telling about you have a close friend who grew up in kind of the probably the wave before ours, mm. and she really has a thing about people taking their name. Yeah, 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 yeah. So very, very anti taking the husband's name. Every time we go to a wedding or anything like that, she's always like, I can't believe that they've taken the husband's name. She hasn't, her sister hasn't. It's just a thing that never crosses their mind and they see it as a real betrayal. And I've, I've spoken to other women of that generation who feel the same way about taking a name. Whereas I think younger people, our, like our age and even younger, seem less fussed about mm. the name situation. Yeah. Or even, I, I quite enjoy when people just come up with a new name. I love it. I fucking love it. Especially when they come up with a cool one. Sometimes it's like naff and weird. Yeah. But yeah, no, I fucking love that too. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm totally the same. Yeah, I think maybe because we have the privilege again of feeling that it's not a property thing. It's not, I'm not actively rebelling against something that I feel imminently oppressed by. Mm. Whereas maybe then, like when it first started becoming a thing, and like, you know, in the 80s, even the 90s, like it was not common yeah. to not take your... No, it was all... We're talking about typically cishet couples here. Yeah. Like... You it might wasn't, double like, barrel, but... Yeah, and even then that was like... Yeah, frowned People would kind of, especially when I grew up small town Devon, people would like laugh if you double barreled. I just think it's practicality wise, I'm not that into taking like, I just, I think about all the forms I'd have to change mm. and then that is a big thing. So I'm many like, things. So many forms. Like, I do everything to emails, avoid a fucking form. Just no, the whole like, thing. Driver's license, passport, no. like telling work. Yeah. I know. But then I and then, and then, and then you break up. So well, I mean... <laughs> Now what? Do you just yeah. keep the name because fuck going through the faff of changing it all back again? This is true. You know how much I love efficiency. It's basically yeah. my middle name. But the the sweet romantic side of me is like a Libra. Is I love the idea of a team name that you're Aww. like this is us and we're doing this thing and regardless of you know yeah I'm not you know I'm not naive about the longevity of relationships whatever but that you're taking that commitment to be like. I will do my absolute best. Maybe this is why relationships stay together because of the admin of separate. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Like, n- not, but yeah, potentially, but also necessarily maybe not in a bad way. Yeah. Like it's, I recently went through a breakup. We're not married. We had no shared assets apart from mm. like a sofa and a fridge. And emotionally, obviously that has been and continues to be tough. But admin wise, it was like an hour of work. Yeah. We just worked out the cost of stuff. Like I had savings so I could pay him out for things. Mm, yeah. We, we'll change the lease when we decide to tell the landlords. Yeah. It's extremely low admin. Yeah. But I don't know if we'd had to go through a divorce to make that happen. Would it have made me want to try harder? I mean, yeah. potentially, but not necessarily in a good way. No, I know what you mean. But it's yeah. not like I walked away from it easily. I'm not saying either. No, I'm no, just no, saying no. it's interesting. I think yeah. proportional to the length you're together. If you're in like a 10 year marriage... Like, yeah, maybe because you have made that commitment and in a more formalized way yeah. and to really, to really be like, actually, you know, have we seen this through? Explored all avenues. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Then we can move our separate ways. But yeah, I yeah. just, I'm such a romantic. I just like it. I just love being that you'd be like, yeah, you know, we're taking each other's name and this is us being a team and facing life together. Also, also my surname which I will not say because I already accidentally doxed myself and Jen will edit that out is really common like it's mm. not I know I think people if they have a more interesting one or one that has like particular family legacy again like maybe it's one that you are from like second generation immigrants to a country and they mm. really fought hard to come to that country with a non-English sounding name for example it's different you have a different connection to it and I've known some couples who the 
husband like some straight couples where the husband takes the wife's the name. wife's name yep. because the wife is like i have no brothers the name will die with me if yeah. you don't take it and then the guy's like i don't fucking care yeah let's do it yeah it's interesting that people can do that now as well because mm-hmm. you know back in the oldie days people would just keep trying to have boys to perpetuate yeah. the name the only reason i would ever have wanted to do it was to move up the alphabet because i'm quite far down oh, and that used to annoy me as a child i'm like i need to get in the middle which is why i was always annoyed that my mum changed her name which she didn't want to do because she's like she's got k she's right in the middle that yeah would have been perfect um, oh interesting okay so, so yeah if we talk about legacy as well so and we were saying something before that made me think about this, about yep. the idea that it's about choice, right? Mm-hmm. But if we apply that to this episode, <laughs> Sally has no choice. No fucking choice. She is on a one track. It's very fatalist, actually. She's just like... Which I think... Because yeah. this episode was written by Stephen Moffat, who we've seen previously write The Doctor Dances, you know, in season one. Yeah. And then he'll become a showrunner after season four. Like, he takes the Matt Smith era. And I think a lot of his storylines are fatalist time travel storylines. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the illusion of choice, but you're trapped in this. Yeah. Everything's pre-written. Everything's pre-ordained. Because yep. she's got no choice. She has to follow the script. Like, she literally has an engagement where she's talking to the Doctor and mm-hmm. it becomes a script, right? Yeah. And, like, you know, at the end it ends with her, like, how did the Doctor get all this information? Oh, she gave it to him in the future so that he can go back in the past and... Well, he's still in the past in that timeline, yeah, right? Yeah, like, her, yeah. yeah, and so it's like, this literally is just happening exactly the one way that it happened before, like, yeah, it's really interesting. And then a poor friend who got zapped into the past, right, and just has a whole life and then sends her the letter. I know, crazy. Poor Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. Marries um, the first matching countess. I mean, literally, <laughs> sitting on a fence, sitting on a wall, a small dry stone wall, it looked like. Hmm, yeah. Uh, anyway. Hadrian's wall? <laughs> I mean, it could have been. Nah, I don't think she was that far north. She was in Hull. Oh, right. Yeah. Nah, nowhere near far north north. Yeah. Disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> I love it that the Romans got to the edge of Scotland and were like, nah, fuck this shit. We're building a wall. We've had enough. Like, we're not going anymore. Like, we tried. No, it's true. It's horrible. Everyone they hates us. It's really fucking us. cold. It rains all the time. Just build a wall. They actually thought that, like, being posted to Britannica was... They thought it was the end of the world. It was awful. The Roman <laughs> oh. soldiers hated being posted to Britain. Yeah. Poor they would things. complain about it all the time. Yeah, well, the weather's pretty shit. Compared <laughs> to Italy. Italy yeah, like, the Mediterranean. Like, bumming around Tuscany and they're like, no, I'm afraid you have to go to... Ghost Northern march, England. March through the march. March from Londinium in your sandals. <laughs> up past Stonehenge. <laughs> yeah. Oh lord! Yeah, and they'd be like, "Call that a fucking stone construction coming from their massive forums and temples?" And, <laughs> and we're like, "Hey, <laughs> get us on our hearts, and we're still in tribes." And yeah. yes, we will. Almost okay. everything I know about this, I learned from the Asterix comics. Yes, Asterix and Obelix. Yeah. They're amazing. Love them. Yeah. My oh. dad used to take me to the library as a small child, and he would sit and read those comics while I dicked about in the library. And then I'd go and find him, and he'd be on a tiny chair in the kids' section reading. That them. is so cute. And partway through that story, I thought you were going to say he would read them to you, and you're like, <laughs> no, 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 he no. read them himself. He loves just them. like gallivanting around. Um, my um, my mum used to read them to me, and she does the voices. Aww. Yeah. Anyway, that's your <laughs> tip to go read those if you haven't yeah, read them. Yeah. So I think it's a very, it's such a complex topic, and like you're right, this episode is a great example of this like yes she owes this to her past and to her future self but again there's no agency she's Mm. just having to surrender to it yeah and it's interesting when you think about what you owe to your past self as well because like she then ends up with the brother kathy's brother right like he's trying to have a relationship with her and she's like we only own a video shop together and then by the time she's like unloaded this burden to the doctor she's willing to move forward and this idea what holds you in the past what do you owe yourself what should you let go of 
But also, what does she owe him? I mean, again, we just said about Kathy married the literally the first man she saw sitting on a wall, and then Sally's ended up with the man who literally was there and helped it. But I mean, he like maybe they trauma bonded, right? Like he helped her through the tough time. Yeah, and they went through something yeah. together. I think in that instance. It kind of makes sense when you go through something together that you can't explain to other people and other people yeah. won't even necessarily What's believe. What's that phrase? That steel is forged in fire? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they had this traumatic experience with these angels. Oh God, okay, segueing to the, that. Yeah, shall we just crack into the... Random observations. Yeah. Don't go into a creepy house alone. First 10 seconds of the app. I'm like, no, this is a this horror is, film. Yeah, this is how you get killed. <sighs> it's fucking terrifying. My first comment is just, yes, let's go. And all caps. <laughs> let's go naked brother weird I'm also, really hoping pants yeah no. no and also like painting him as this like internet nerd it's just I feel like a low it felt, shot in a way it felt like a Notting Hill reference almost to me you mm. know when a Notting Hill Hugh Grant Reese is his flatmate mm. and he's in his underwear yeah when he opens the door I don't know why that kind of because he kind of looks like him as well I mean maybe a little bit funny mm. interesting this like the stone angels my notes were that they're very creepy and like chilling and i think it taps into this primal fear of what happens when your eyes are closed yeah like when your eyes are closed but kind of reality ceases to exist for us when our major sense goes (laughs) and like you aren't control of your surroundings like you can't you're so vulnerable and it's like a very primeval thing Mm. to you know but I don't know about you, but like in yeah. in a room, I like to have my back to not the door. Yeah, like, you I know. Like to... Yeah, you know. I yeah. can't have my back to the door. I can't sit with my back to the door. Yeah. I don't sleep with my back to the door. I had a very traumatic recurring dream as a child, and it still haunts me <laughs> to this day. But also the fact that it's like you have to keep your eyes on them, and it's like don't blink, which is a very difficult thing to do. Like not blinking, and especially when you think about blinking, yeah. suddenly you're very you're like... aware of how you're like what, alternating eyes. Like it's just a scary thing. They're just creepy looking with their teeth. No, they're so terrifying. They're so terrifying. It's also interesting that the worst thing they do to you is just send you out of time. Like, they just send you to a different time. Is that really so terrible? The Doctor's always in different times. I mean, he is always in different times, but he has control, right? Like, to some degree, lol, apart from when the TARDIS is, like, inevitably broken. But he can zoom around. And he also has understanding. Yeah. Do you know if we got sent to the past, we would immediately be murdered? 100%. Straight up, they're like, they, those bitches are witches. Like also, have you don't... considered modern medicine? Yeah, but like that is bullshit. Have you heard of germs? And they'd be like, "Witch, it's talking like... about tiny things we can't see." An outlander, doesn't she get accused of being a witch briefly? I mean, probably Scottish people as well. Skeptical. Mm. She's English, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's it's a bad that, time. Nah, it's a bad time. It's, it's a, a very bad time. time. Yeah. No, we'd be fucked. And like, we're assuming that that person was sent to 1920 but the 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 part of where humans have been evolved to our current hominid state is this tiny bit of history right what if you were sent back to when it was just volcanoes you instantly die like what if you're sent way 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 forward to when like the planet is like dead you know even being in like middle of a battle in medieval times you instantly get shanked yeah it's like because it was time and space too because she ended up in hull she was in london what if you just get to the middle of the atlantic what if i get sent to i don't know south america or something I mean, <laughs> that is the worst thing you could think of. No, I meant in the You're past. Like, I, I feel like that would be a bad time. There's going to be a lot of bugs and snakes and things. There's bugs and snakes now. <laughs> but there are also people to save me from them. When I was canoeing down the Amazon. Oh my so God, amazing. amazing. Oh. <laughs> no shade on South America. I yeah, did not no, mean. not at all. Not at all. I was thinking, what, like, you know, I run hot. What about the desert? What if they, like, zap me to the middle of the Sahara? <gasps> what if they send me to Antarctica? I'd yeah, die you'd instantly. Die. You'd have to 
you'd have to do you know the second Star Wars film yeah the, when he's on hot and yeah. he has to get inside that you'd have to just do it with like five penguins to make up them big enough actually no maybe two emperor penguins they're quite big <laughs> just wear them yeah literally one skin. on the top half of you one on the bottom half of I you I could never do that that always grossed me out so much kill a, Star Wars kill a penguin Oh, and when like open and get when Hannah's like smell even worse on the inside, I'm like what is happening right yeah, now? Yeah, it's really gross. But then I think that's the fight to survive, right? That's our survival instinct. Mm. We talk about the apocalypse. Your flatmate is determined she's just going to lie down and wait for death. We've had a than... development on that. By oh, the really? way. I'll, okay, t- cool. I'll tell you off air. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, but maybe like we will really be galvanized in the crisis and but be like, is... I'm going to climb inside a dead thing to survive this is the thing like the urge to survive the instinct is so strong that you can't stop your body from wanting to survive yeah aaron ralston cut his arm off yeah with a rusty pen knife after like 127 hours i just don't know if i could do that <sighs> i don't know if i could either i reckon you could i probably would yeah, yeah. actually now that i'm <laughs> I yeah I I would be no I think we both good I back us I'm gonna be I back us big like for fuck's sake this is the thing like I really want to it. lie on the floor and not do anything <laughs> but when the apocalypse comes it's gonna be me being like ah oh, fuck here we go get, get out of my fucking way <laughs> yeah exactly humanity to save let's crack on I mean to be honest I don't necessarily want to save humanity I just want to like see out the end of my days. But like, I don't want kids. Little commune. Yeah, yeah. I just want a nice, or you know, an interesting life. But I don't actually really care about humanity continuing. No, I don't. I think that's a lost cause, to be honest. But like in a cool way, you know, like we've we've, had our we've had had our time. Yeah, absolutely. The the planet has so many interesting things. Have I talked to you about fungus? The only people who care about that are people with children, (laughs) because suddenly they're like, oh no, what about my kid? That's tough, hey. Anyway. Um, let's talk about the detective because life is short and you are hot. D.I. Shipton? I swear I've seen him in a lot of other stuff and he didn't have that accent. That is not, I'm not trying to be offensive. I really don't, I really think that is not a real accent. Anyway. And And also my question was, was D.I. Shipton, is that cool? Like, is she a victim? I I think in this situation she's a victim because her friend's gone and she's been traumatised and she's reporting, Mm. you know, potential crime. And he's like, yeah, so anyway, I'm off the clock now. Want to get a baby? Yeah, I don't think that is appropriate. That's not okay. I feel like that is a code of conduct breach at the minimum and would lead to an independent inquiry (laughs) and probably some compulsory leave. It's so funny when, unfortunately, you've worked with law enforcement people and you suddenly yeah, yeah, start yeah. viewing things like this. No, where you're like, and you're like, no. I watched a show on the weekend where I'm like, this is not, this is not police behavior. This would not fly. Yeah, see, because you you know. But I do like that he subverts that little line when he's in the hospital, right? And he's like, because life is long and you are hot. Hmm. Yeah. Poor Sally though. She goes through a lot of trauma. She's just lost her friend. Now she meets this cop. Now she has to go watch him die. Like it's a lot in a very short amount of time. It's an insane amount. No wonder she kind of got a little bit, like, you know, shell shock. And also, Billy goes his whole life knowing when he's going to die as well. That's a hard thing. I don't know if I'd want to know. I mean, did he know he was... Oh, yeah, he did. He said that would be the last thing he... Oh, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. I just don't know if I'd want to know. And he's as far away. I think it's horrible that it's just like... I don't know. I need you to do me a favour. And it means you need to survive for, like, 50 years, 60 years, and then deliver a message with your dying breath. (laughs) Hey, uh, poor Martha, yet again, having to support the doctor. She had to go get a job. And he's doing nothing. I'm a shop girl. Yeah. He's running around with his timey-wimey detector. Yeah. Ugh. I don't like that. I know it's like a popular phrase. It's like become one of his phrases. But I think it's twee. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to like that. You were going to be the wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey. No, I'm like, so no. just going to be like, this is not real science. No, it's no. 
I don't like it. It seems infantilizing. It's a kid's show. <laughs> oh, okay. So Farina. <laughs> Hmm. Also, the end of the app. Don't make me fucking scared of all statues. I know. Gargoyles. <laughs> the best bit about this, when the first time I ever saw this episode, I was staying in London with a friend. I had to walk back to my hotel down a street that was lined with gargoyles in the middle of the night. No, Do you understand I how scared I was? Yeah. I think at one point I just started running. <laughs> Little Not baby Jen just, <laughs> yeah, just bolting like, down the street. This is how I die. Yeah. Yeah. Shorthand, a dying art, just want to say. Yeah. Lawrence? The yeah. brother? Lawrence? I, I have a, a friend who is mm, a couple of years younger than me, and yeah, she learns shorthand and still uses it. But I, I just, it's very rare to see people use shorthand. Yeah, it's super rare. And I mean, it was rare in 2007. It's like literally rare now. Yeah. Um, also, Sparrow and Nightingale, they'd probably just call them Sit because it's a super cool name for a shop. Yeah. <laughs> It is but, great. It's yeah. great for a detective agency, yeah, Sparrow and Nightingale. Um, should we make that show? We should make that <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, great. We could write it and star in it. Oh, okay. Which one are you? Um, I'm, I'm Nightingale. You're Sparrow. No, I was going to be Nightingale. Okay, okay I'm to... Sparrow. Well, You're actually more Nightingale because it's like Black Angel of Death. There you go. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> oh, Sophie Sparrow is kind of cool name. Sally Sparrow, Sophie Sparrow. Yeah. Mm. I'm just writing it down. Sophie Sparrow. I love that. Maybe you could <laughs> choose that for your new name when you yeah. get married. <laughs> so lol at the dvd player oh but also we watched this series on dvd yeah because I know, we are from like... the past <laughs> which is like both hilarious and also kind of cute but Derek shipton he made a lot of money in dvds obviously because he had to get into digital publishing because yeah. but playing the long game to infiltrate that 17 dvds that's not very many how many dvds do you have so much more than 17 and i got rid of a lot of them but you know people are always like why do you still have dvds i'll tell you why i will tell you why <laughs> listener because when i want to watch what we do on the shadows and halloween every year as i do as is my tradition you know where it's not streaming anywhere yeah. and i have it on dvd i know that's and like true. when we wanted to do a podcast about doctor who do you know where the seasons one two four are streaming fucking nowhere so yeah. we are watching it on dvd and i've lent my tiny tiny dvd player to Sophie. <laughs> yeah because of oh, course it's laptops so don't have DVD players anymore no. so it's an external one I plug it into my laptop it makes it a lot of noise up, it goes <laughs> it makes a lot of noise yeah so that's why I still have my DVDs because I've got loads of DVDs my favourite DVD is for a movie called The Fall which stars the dramatic and beautiful Lee Pace Be- great film love it amazing wonderful again I think that DVD is worth like $60 now because you can't Doesn't buy it anyway. anywhere yeah. yeah wow see vindicated vindication I don't know I, I include the amount of people that are giving shit about the DVDs as well and I stand corrected <laughs> so my note was one year later Sally can't let go mean to dorky bro then moves on then Pretty moves much on straight away summarizes it yeah she's kind of like I mean she needed that closure I think she just needed to see the doctor right like it's kind of like this validation of everything and like she's been real. trying to problem solve it too Co- close the loop yeah that's exactly it like it, like she was validated like he did come back like she was like I don't know how we would get that information like feeling like some bit was undone missing, still yeah. and it was missing and that had to happen and yeah would you like to do some standouts yeah let's I feel do like it. we're probably going to have similar standouts my standout same as yours is Carrie Mulligan she's yeah. so delightful she's just perfect in this role yeah I actually like the timey wimey wibbly wobbly time is in a linear line I like that explanation of time not being a linear line People yeah I do like that being a yeah. Person, but yeah. it's more yeah. it reminds me of the Jeremy Berry me of like the good place how mm. it goes around and around and around not also, seen the good place 
great great show and yeah. also um the book series that i tried to get you to read that you haven't read it's called the raven cycle and how I time can't. time is a circle mm. so everything that has happened will happen has already happened i love that that is also the film arrival yeah fucking yes, amazing yeah like that these beings have this they don't see time in the linear sense that we do they just have an understanding of everything and yeah everything that was and is and will be and of course if you try and if you're a time traveler like the doctor why would time is never linear you can just mm. go and be and do whatever you want yeah it's so interesting mm. what's your standout so again i did have carrie mulligan just being fantastic i also had the whole sally shipton incident yeah and then her fleeing with don't look at me don't look at me i know that was don't look at me. <laughs> really relate to that yeah, yeah yeah i'm just like i like you have said multiple times don't do not perceive me <laughs> And when she's given some sass back, rightly so, and says, I'm clever and I'm listening. You know, when they're like implying that, you know, this is complicated. Yeah. And then, of course, the doctor being his chaotic (laughs) self. And when she sees him at the very end in his timeline with bow and arrow. And he's like, well, I need to go because there's four people. And it's like, well, four things on a lizard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That require his immediate attention. In some Um, type of hunt. Poor Martha's like, we have to go. We have to go. Yeah. Why are you talking to people? But it's actually quite important that he talks to her. So. Yeah, exactly. It's fundamental. Because that's it too. He ne- you never know that any any random interaction yeah. might be super fucking and important to your future. Isn't that interesting to think of the Doctor's life as that as well? Like he always has to take every interaction he has as something that could potentially be relevant, could have been relevant. Like in that moment, he's like, oh, this is something that's going to happen to me. That's cool. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's always... You can't approach life close-minded if that is how your life is. You have to always be open for the unexpected i feel like you would hate it yeah 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 do you think he ever has a quiet night in he's just like tonight let's just like nah. read a book nah. do you think he has undiagnosed adhd <laughs> maybe that's just how time lords are this is true maybe we don't know what they're like maybe, oh god can you imagine they're all like that <laughs> and i was like i need you to like be somewhere else for a bit where i can just like have a rest have a benzo <laughs> yeah literally chill out how many what's the dosage for two-hearted people yeah Oh, amazing. Cool. Mm. Well, so next time we'll be doing something a little bit different and discussing the first season of Torchwood. Yeah. Thanks to Jen's DVD collection. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let us know your thoughts by emailing at own at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the show notes for links and all the references discussed in this app, which I think is from our brains. And uh, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> lovely to chat about this and well we're not going to record for a while but yeah and so what this you'll get this in the future but i'm about to have a horrible hiatus of no jen you'll just have to listen to the podcast yeah over and over again and be like my friend especially because you said that our friendship relies upon us being physically with each other i regret saying that now because clearly it's uh, manifested and lodged in your brain it's okay i'm just (laughs) asking like daily sit reps go both ways mate you gotta tell me what's going on great love it all right Okay. Oh, bye everyone! Bye! bye. bye.